0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. You're listening to BeckQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Gillio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BeckQL.
1: Welcome back. It's BecQL Deli, presented by Fan Dual Sportsbook. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth here on a Tuesday. The NBA starts tonight. We were going to have Dan Vesperus of Hoopball On video with us last segment. A little technical difficulty, but we have him on the phone right now. So let's dive back into that. Dan, happy to have you with us. I believe you were about to dive into some win totals, the the market there and and some teams you like and, and the reasons to so, so go ahead, pick up where you left off a few minutes ago.
0: Well, first of all, I'm sorry uh, to you and to everybody else that's been watching. I cannot believe that I'm that guy that's like, oh, no, the video doesn't work. I have to just dial in from a phone like it's 15 years ago. But here we are. Um, I do think that I'm pretty sure that where I left off was fading uh, last year's results when you can isolate COVID-related situations. And and I want to make sure, again, that I sort of pick my words carefully here. Certain teams were impacted more than others by games missed due to protocols or positive infections, and for whatever reason, there seems to be this sentiment that those missed games are different than just saying, oh, a guy was injured for a long time. So teams like the Boston Celtics, the Toronto Raptors, we completely forget that the Mavericks had half of their team just... Marooned in Denver for about three weeks last year because they were infected and couldn't get home. These teams were crushed. I think the heat actually you can throw in there as well, although they also had the bubble situation from the previous season. These are four teams to me that underperformed for a reason that people are just throwing aside. And so it's pretty easy. Uh, and now, uh, admittedly, they might not all hit. But going to the positive on those teams, the over for those four clubs, if we just assume that some sort of average sets in and we sort of – and they only have like middling seasons when it comes to injuries or missed games, they can all pretty easily clear their number.
1: So uh, which specific overs and unders do you really, do you really like going into the year?
0: So uh, those teams I actually do like the overs on. I think Boston did some good things this offseason. They had a little bit of a rearrange, but moving Kemba Walker, who was kind of a bad fit on that team, uh, not that he didn't play all that well, but he just sort of didn't fit, bringing in Al Horford, a veteran presence, someone who can play position defense, give them an opportunity to go two bigs at a time if they want to, uh, and then, again, just generally – a team that's in better health. Remember Jason Tatum missed time last year with COVID and then said he really wasn't himself for about six to eight weeks, even after he got back. Uh, I like the heat as an over. I like what they did this offseason, bringing in Kyle Lowry, uh, just another veteran presence, someone who's a leader on the floor. They also they had a stretch last year about three weeks long where they had, I think, seven or eight healthy players, and everybody was just gassed. Dallas Mavericks, I like the over there. They basically got there last year, despite the fact that they were missing half their team for about half the season. So that's one that looks pretty good to me. I love Luca this season. I think the NBA wanted him to be their MVP last year, and they'd probably be satisfied if they got it this season instead. Um, And then the fourth team I mentioned was the Raptors, who now are going to actually play in Canada again this year. (laughs) A small but also very large thing for that team. That was anything that could go wrong year. Uh, did for the Tampa Raptors. So those are four overs (laughs) that I like this season. Um, And I I can go into some unders, too, if you like. Yeah, go ahead. Um, So the unders is actually kind of the the other main tenet that I like to follow when I'm talking about season win totals, and that's generally fading teams that don't have continuity, which was probably a a weird double negative way of saying, uh, don't bet on teams that shake things up. Or do bet on teams that don't shake things up. They'll both make a lot of sense when it comes to season win totals. Uh, I also think, and one of the unders actually is on a team that's relatively uh, continuous from season to season, but I'll give a different explanation on that one. Uh, Teams like the Lakers bringing in Russell Westbrook, they're going to get good as the season goes on. That's a team that'll figure it out because LeBron can kind of play with anyone, just his style works that way. But there's going to be a pretty significant gelling process, and the team is almost completely new season over season. Chicago Bulls had a a win total that went up quite a bit year over year, and I actually like what they did from a personnel standpoint. Caruso, DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, these are guys that are good fits. But again, big-name players who haven't really done what these guys are now set to do have to figure it out together together on the fly so fading teams like the lakers fading teams like the bulls and then storyline is kind of the other i think big tenet that you can look at with season win totals a team like the phoenix suns who actually on the flip side to what we talked about with clubs like boston and toronto had almost no games missed last year devin booker i think missed three chris paul one or two 8-1 8-1 or 2, Mikael Bridges played in all 72 games of the regular season last year. That's unlikely to happen again for the four best players on one team, especially when you consider how deep they went into the playoffs, the shortened offseason. So a team like Phoenix actually strikes me as an interesting under, where, again, you're really just playing kind of a mean reversion game on a team that proved itself and is going to be a little bit tired.
2: Aaron Hawksworth here. I also have a question. we were talking about the NBA MVP odds earlier in the show. And if you think, you know, the Nets might be one of the best teams in the NBA, why not throw some money on not Kevin Durant, but maybe James Harden, who might be, you know, the second best player on that team. Um, who do you like for MVP this year?
0: So I, I hinted at it a little bit earlier. I, I, I think it might be Luka this year. I, I, I think the world sort of wants it to be his at some point soon. Uh, having a full off season and a healthy team coming into the year is going to actually really help his case. I think they'll get off to a better start this season. Uh, I like what you said, by the way, about the Nets. I think James Harden's going to have an amazing year. I think he's going to get a recognition level now playing in New York that he probably never really got in Houston and people want to hate James Harden because his game is so different. But I actually really like him because he's like he's the NBA player that doesn't just mash buttons on the video game. He's the one that like opens up the system and sees how the game works, and then just beats it that way. So I really I really like James Harden. Uh, but I think it my Luca's kind of my guy this year in terms of how how I believe again it, it comes down to this this story arc thing. I think the NBA wants it to be someone new every year, uh, and he he's, hasn't even really been in the running yet. But uh, he's the guy that I'm looking at as, as I think, the nice story MVP.
1: Dan, uh, Eastern Conference looks like it's a two-team race. It's the Milwaukee Bucks, defending champs, It's the Brooklyn Nets. They're the favorites, and if they stay healthy, and if Kyrie decides to uh, follow the rules in New York City and shows up, they'll be the overwhelming favorites. But if you had to, if you had to place a bet, if you had to go with a long shot in the Eastern Conference, right? If, you, if I take away the Nets and the Bucks and I say, Dan, something wacky's going to happen. Someone else is coming out of the Eastern Conference. Where would you go? Because it's a pretty big drop-off. Sixers, Heat, uh, Celtics, Hawks, who had a nice run last year. Who would you bet on in the East beyond those top two teams? If you want in a long shot?
0: It's it's either the Heat or the Celtics are my long shot there. There's too much turmoil in Philadelphia. They were kind of my hey, don't forget about the team, This team last season and they almost they almost squeezed through. I almost looked smart, but not quite. Uh, this year, I think you see a really nice bounce back season from the Celtics. I don't think they quite have enough to get all the way to full surprise. Where I think the Heat have kind of a better blend. They have, uh, they've got Bam, they've got Jimmy, they've got Lowry. They have, uh, they just, they're just good. They're greater than the sum of their parts. And you could see the kind of weird thing that happened in the bubble happen again with Miami because they're just so tough. And if you catch them on the wrong few nights where they're just banging in three pointers, they can squeeze by. So Heat are my long shot in the East.
1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Before you jumped on, Dan, we were talking about Defensive Player of the Year. And, you know, it's a little different handicap than what we see in the MVP. There isn't voter fatigue. They're fine putting in the same player or two back and forth for over a number of years to give the award. Three times, four times—that's just fine. And Rudy Gobert is the favorite. Ben Simmons, uh, the sec, the second favorite over at FanDuel. AD's right there. But looking down the board, we were talking about the possibility of Draymond Green, who you could find uh, at some spots at thirty-three to one. Do you think Draymond has a shot? Has a shot at going bit down the board here for Defensive Player of the Year?
0: At that, uh, those odds, yeah, you got to put some small amount on because sometimes you can move your own case up the board by talking about it in a lot. And we know Draymond is not going to be shy about discussing his own defensive player of the year case. I also think that the Warriors as a team are going to really want to sort of put their foot down early this season because they don't want to be in that play-in tournament again. So I think we're going to see kind of good Draymond right from the outset, where last year they were trying to shoehorn Draymond into a weird power forward spot with James Wiseman playing a bunch of center it seemed like by about six weeks or seven weeks in, they realized they needed to space the floor. I know Wiseman got hurt, so that made the choice a little easier last season. But they brought in floor spacers for the most part, and that says to me, Draymond, you're playing center, which is where you're at your best. That's where he can also put up his best defensive stats. And at thirty-three to one, yeah, why the heck not? I mean, you can you can hedge off of it if it doesn't, or if it looks like it's going fine, you could hedge off of it. Or if it looks like it's a disaster. You know, who cares because you've got these insane odds on it. I, I, yeah, I love that call.
2: The West is so interesting, and I really want to love the Suns um, for everything that they did in the playoffs. But then I'm like, ah, oh, it's probably a fluke. They took advantage of injuries. What's your <laughs> assessment of the Suns team?
0: Yeah, I mean, they got a little bit lucky. I, I hate to say it because it does feel like we're we're constantly trying to take something away from them, but that's the way the playoffs work. You have to get a little bit lucky. You have to be the healthy team, and they basically were that, and they just, I mean, Giannis is Superman. Like, no one was supposed to come back as fast as he did from his thing, or they could have gotten lucky for one additional round. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think that all the things that you mentioned there roll into this sort of weird Simmering pot for Phoenix, where now they have this contract thing going on with DeAndre Ayton. That's going to be a weird little negative. I don't think they're going to push Chris Paul as hard during the regular season this year, so that will be a little bit of a negative. And they will probably, just as a team, be less healthy this year. So that's a little bit of a negative. Then on top of that, you talk about well, can this team, okay, let's say the Suns do have a pretty good regular season, like the three or the four seed in the Western Conference. What are the odds that they run into a uh, like three teams in a row that are missing at least one superstar? Relatively low. They'll probably get through, uh, assuming they're a better seed, they'll probably beat a lower seed in the first round. But I think the Suns probably exit in the second round this year in the playoffs. I know – I'm going. I'm looking way down the line with that answer. Yeah, but yeah, I'm with no, you I on that it. one. I think that you know a lot of things went their way, and you know, again, that like these things have a way of evening out in the long term, or even the a two year short term. Uh, they're a good team, but they're not a great team.
2: Is that a team you ha- you're doing an under on season win total?
0: Yes, I do have the under on the Suns. I believe the last number I saw was 51 and a half on them, which is one of the highest mm-hmm. on the board. And again, it's just things can't go quite so right for them again this year. I know it's a sort of a simplistic handicap, but everything that could go right did, and you have to fade that.
1: Dan Vespers with us uh, from Hoopball here. Dan, you mentioned uh, earlier teams with maybe without one or two of their superstars. Where are you on the Nets? We talked to Ryan McDonough yesterday, uh, and he alluded to the idea that even if Kyrie Irving doesn't show up at some point here, he still thinks the Nets can win this thing and, and he'd have them right near the top of the favorites. H- how do you view the Nets? They're the favorites to win the title. There is uh, uncertainty like we've never seen before with a superstar who, I mean, literally might not play this season, might not might walk in tomorrow and say, sure. I got the vaccine. I'm here now. We we have no idea. H- how do you handicap the Nets? Can they win this thing? Would you bet them to win the title without Kyrie if he's not going to show up?
0: No, and I think that puts me in the minority on this one. I think they need Kyrie, mostly because I think one of the other two superstars has a, has a decent chance of missing games, possibly during the playoffs as well. Um, I give them a better chance simply because Milwaukee is coming up winning the title already, and it's really hard to play as much basketball as they did Uh, And then most of their team went to the Olympics, remember. So they really haven't had a break. Uh, I think the Nets probably lose in the finals without Kyrie. Um, They're a good team. They're not ultra deep. I know they have, like, this... Everybody talks about how the Lakers are super old, but other than the Nets' two superstars, they're also a pretty old team, aside from, like, Nick Claxton. So uh, I I think they need Kyrie. He adds uh, an element that, I'm not sure that they have, um, and then yeah, I mean they've got it. They've they've got a good chance, but I'm I'm actually going to take the no on them. I, I, I think that, but at the same time, and I realize I'm sort of hedging my own answer here. I actually think Kyrie plays at some point this year. So to that end, I probably would bet them, but without him, I don't think I don't think they would win it unless he comes back and plays.
1: You know, we should be able to get some odds on Kyrie playing or not. I I, I would bet on that one. That'd be a fun one. Dan Vespers of football. Dan, we appreciate you um, being flexible, making some time for us here. That was Dan Brespis on the Roman Guest Line. Get a free online evaluation, ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash BeckQL now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash BeckQL. Coming up on the other side, lightning bets for Tuesday. A pair of LCS games, the NBA tips tonight. Of course, looking forward to football this week, and that's up next. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth, BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook.
2: These Joes are helping you bet like a
0: pro. It's Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook.